Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. This is a podcast about leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massingo. And I'm Ralph Simone. And our topic today for our leaders is around communicating clearly, or what we like to say, communicating clearly and effectively. And this was inspired by a story that you and I were talking about earlier. Well, you know, (laughs) I got a story which I'm, I'm really incredulous over because I think I'm a pretty good communicator, but I'm involved in a situation that has multiple parties, and that could be part of the challenge to get the shared understanding. But I think the process is causing a lot of information to be lost in translation, a lot of interpretation. It's actually ticking me off. And, you know, I was thinking about if I could just have a direct conversation as opposed to this filtered conversation that is part of the process, I think it would be clearer and more effective. It seems like we're spinning our wheels and investing a lot of time and energy and we're missing the mark. There seems to be a lack of shared understanding. So I've got a little energy today over <laughs> what the lack of communicating clearly and effectively does to productivity. Right. Uh, that sounds really frustrating. And I'm sure what we were inspired by most is that your story, first, it's so relatable, but it's relatable in so many circumstances, both personally and professionally. When we talk about communicating clearly, what we mean by that is really precisely what you said, Ralph, shared understanding and alignment, literally about any, and I think that's a hard goal. And we talk about why it's important. It's because expectations aren't being met. The frustration that you're feeling that you describe goals aren't achieved, or maybe a different outcome, lack of alignment, gosh, so many things. And there seems to be, at least in this instance, a lot of wasted energy. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I got to own a piece of it, right? Because I, I do think part of it, you know, starts with, you know, some advice I would give to the listeners and myself is to know yourself and to monitor your self-talk and to kind of know how you interpret things, right? It's really kind of mastering your own story to recognize you got some biases, right? So we go into the conversation a little bit loaded and perhaps a little bit jaded based on the story we're telling ourselves. So knowing yourself, I think, is a key to this communicating clearly and effectively. What advice would you give to our listeners? For communicating clearly and effectively, one piece of advice I'd give is stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think there's a lot of talking and not enough listening and understanding. The One of my favorite quotes on this specific topic is from a podcast I heard by Celeste Headley, who's an announcer for NPR, but she said, and actually I think she's quoting her sister here, but she said, a good conversation is like a mini skirt. It's short enough to retain interest, but long enough to cover the subject. (laughs) And I, (laughs) I love that. I think a lot of people think out loud. And so they talk too much as opposed to really understanding the other person. So that's one piece of advice I'd give our listeners. What I, about- I actually got distracted by that example, but I, I, here's one thing I, I have learned about that talking too much. And I, I've been better 
on Zoom because I can mute myself. And here's what I learned. I did a session live yesterday. Mm-hmm. And after I gave the instruction, I kept talking. I'm talking too much. I'm actually distracting the people from what I was asking them to do. So while I may have communicated clearly, it wasn't effective because I was talking over. And great for you that you noticed it real time. I needed to find the mute button, right? Ralph, I totally do the same thing. But I, so for me, I talk too much in this way. I think I'm being clearer by repeating myself in different ways. Mm, mm. And so I believe that the first way that I say something wasn't as good. And so I attempt to say it again, when actually people got it the first time and I should just stop talking. Connect that dot to self-talk, right? Our self-talk, it's telling you, you weren't as clear, even though you might've been very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's stay on the advice for a second. What advice would others give you? I'll tell you mine. I think other people would get and this is kind of tied to my first one, but I think other people would give advice to me to say, I have a tendency to talk too broadly sometimes, or almost like philosophically, as opposed to articulating more specifically what I mean. Mm. I think that's the advice people would give me. What advice would people give you about communicating more clearly? I'm wavering as to what people like, is it people that I encounter in business or would it be my, my family? So I I think I'll stick to business, but it could be slightly similar, but I remember a guy kind of giving me feedback, not in a very positive way about how, oh, the guy who talks in bumper stickers. And I was like, jeepers. But, you know, I have these phrases and maybe they're a little too high level. They're too general. And so they're not clear enough because there's not enough specificity. So I think there's a there might be a similarity in the advice that people would give me. And I think the other thing that this is what my family would say, don't be so confident about things that you really don't know that much about, Mm -hmm. right? We encourage people to be confident on one hand, but don't be overly confident on something that you don't really know that much about. Do the work, you know? I think people might misinterpret the confidence that you could be an expert in something and, right? And so that's almost, there's a lot of challenges with truly communicating clearly. And I, I think one of them is, the style in which we communicate. And that's part of your style is confidence. Yeah. But when we add the word effectively, and I like that you put that ad in, I think I'm very clear and often very confident, but if I don't really know what I'm talking about, not really effective. If we think about it from that. Sure. Lens. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction. Well, I think another challenge with really communicating clearly is also in general, there's this busyness of society that is just, it's crazy. It's, it prevents us from really focusing on whether it's virtually or in person, really focusing on the person that we're communicating, both transmitting and receiving in both ways. What are your thoughts? Well, I think on the receiving end, listening deeply, listening deeply requires us to slow down. Mm-hmm. It requires us to be, if not fully present, at least more present. It requires us to listen for understanding, not to respond, right? All of these things, and maybe listening longer and more deeply. So we can really get the full message from the person. 
Ralph, I, I'm going to dovetail off of that one and say that I think part of listening deeply, there's two parts to listening. There's really the words that are being said, and then our brain interpreting, right? But the second part is actually paying attention to what's not being said. And I think when you're doing what you just said, you know, slowing down a little bit, we can really notice what's not being said, because that's really, that's a big piece of what we're communicating. Huge. And as leaders, I think there's two things that we really want to understand. What are people really excited about and what inspires them? And what is blocking? What obstacles are getting in the way of them engaging or performing? And I don't think we can do that with a superficial high level listen. I think we really do need to listen more deeply and longer to understand that. And listening deeply is actually listening deeply to what's not being said. Correct. Here's another, I think a huge challenge in communicating clearly. We We have expectations based on requests that we've given people, but the requests that we've given people are fuzzy and somewhat unclear. This is one of my confident things that I say that maybe is not, it's clear, but maybe not effective. I think that most of us are sloppy in our communications a lot of the time. So what we ask for something and we're surprised we don't get it. Well, one of the big reasons is we weren't really clear. We didn't establish that we had shared understanding. We leave with an expectation. They leave with an expectation. And then then we're surprised when we're disappointed. How could it be any other way? (laughs) So after all of these things that we've talked about so far in some of the challenges with communicating clearly, how can we, (laughs) how can we possibly be clear (laughs) communicate or what really makes communicating clearly? When I was, when I was getting ready for this podcast, I was, for some reason, I was reminded of what people used to call Ronald Reagan, the great communicator. And I was reading up on why he was considered a great communicator. And one of the things they talked about was his ability, well, there was two things, actually, his ability to really be honest in what he was saying, whether it was real or not, right? But the perception was that he was honest. But the second was that he seemed to always be really in touch with his audience. And I I thought that was really interesting. So if you think about that, no self, right? Be authentic, be transparent, know others, their style, best way to communicate, best way to listen, and also know the situation. And so those three things are absolutely critical if you are going to communicate clearly and effectively. I think just kind of summarizing where we've gone today, there's certainly a lot of different challenges that make communication or the part of, as a leader, the part about communicating, it can be very challenging. But I think just focusing on some of the things that we talked about, like communication style, slowing down a bit, paying attention to what's being said, but also what's not being said and being clearer in the requests that we can make are certainly ways that we can get better. You and I talked about a call to action or, you know, perhaps putting it in terms of what we love to say, a challenge for our listeners as an experiment after listening 
to this podcast, we talked about maybe going back to the advice that we started out with. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we wanted to characterize it as a leadership hack, one advice I would give is, is really know yourself, know your tendencies, you know, monitor your self-talk, what's getting in the way of receiving as well as sending, know how you articulate, know when, how you ask for things. I think that would be one suggestion. And I'd add to that, you know, take a deep breath periodically, right? Get yourself grounded before you have any communication. What would you add to that? My advice would be paying attention to the quantity of words that you're putting in a conversation, the amount of time that you spend talking as opposed to listening. But I think the other one is style. Mm. I, I love this one. I recently did a group debrief with a team and we talked about Myers-Briggs. We use the Myers-Briggs as a way to tee up different communication styles. And there was a, a mix of people who preferred extroversion. And then there was another group of people that preferred introversion and they communicate in different ways. And I think the Myers-Briggs can be a great way to have that conversation with others about communication style and understanding yourself in a deeper way, not necessarily so that you can change, but more so that the awareness drives perhaps things that they do differently. You know, you used the example earlier about being too confident sometimes, and that sends a different message. I think that's what Myers-Briggs could do. And and I like what you said about Myers-Briggs, because then uh, if we know self and know others, we might adapt the process by which the communication takes place so that we can hear from everybody and we can be most effective in knowing where the shared understanding is. So I I like that tie-in of personality preference. And that ties right into the story that you let off with on our podcast. And Ralph, I hope that that situation gets better for you. And in the meantime, we invite all of our listeners, keep listening for more ideas about how to strengthen your leadership on this podcast and also our Driving Leadership series with our partner, Bill Berthout.